on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 114. And I'm excited because a lot of NFL news, mostly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're getting down to it. We had a big Philly upset the other day. We can kind of tell who's a contender and who's a pretender. And we couldn't. A couple weeks ago, some MLB news and a little special game we're playing, too, at the end. Yeah, sure. it's going to be a fun one today. Uh, look forward to the second half of when we're going to be doing kind of like a trivia type thing. Uh, if you remember a long time ago, we did do some trivia, but something fun like that in the second half. Uh, starting off with the opener, I'll let Skyler go first. Tell me about this Washington-Oregon game. Yeah, Washington upsets number six Oregon on the road, 37 to 34. Uh, this was an awesome game, back and forth the entire game. And uh, Bo Nix ended up, Oregon quarterback Bo Nix, who's a Heisman contender, ended up getting hurt in this one and missed a fourth and one play that they didn't get. Washington scores, and uh, and Bo Nix couldn't get it done when he came back in at the end. But awesome game. Uh, if you're a fan of of great college games, bad game. If you're a fan of the Pac-12, though, because this pretty much eliminates them from the playoff. You know, USC still has a shot if everything goes their way, but uh, that part is not as good for the West Coast. Of course, my opener. I have to go with the Justin Jefferson catch on fourth and eighteen in that Buffalo Vikings game this past weekend, man. Probably one of the one of the best. Best games of the year, if not the best game of the year. I know Skyler didn't get the chance to watch it because he was on the road. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I mean, this is a crazy game to watch. I was I was telling Skyler that Justin Jefferson was literally just like, I've never seen a wide receiver be so valuable to a team. When Kirk Cousins didn't have anybody to throw the ball to, when he was struggling, he just threw it up to Jefferson. And he went and go get got it like three or four times late in the game. Had a big catch in overtime to set him down near the goal line. Didn't score a touchdown on that possession. Kicked a field goal. And then, of course, Pat Pete got a game-stealing interception to end that one. Uh, and that leads me into the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week, which is going to be Justin Jefferson for his 10-catch, 193-yard, and one-touchdown performance in that game. Uh, felt like he was really the main candidate here, so I didn't even put the vote out. Just left it to Justin Jefferson. And uh, yeah, so there's Jettas. Uh, team reports, Skyler, Jets are on the bye. Do you have anything to say about you guys? Yeah, uh, Buffalo lost, which was huge to Minnesota, like you were just saying. So uh, we're now half a game back from Miami. If we win, we're in first place. If we lose, we're in last place. So we got to be New England. Yeah. For the Raiders, we lost again. We're 2-7 and seven now at this point. We lost to Jeff. Jeff Saturday on Sunday. Uh, As far as the offense goes, I mean, the offense didn't necessarily have a bad game. Carr was 24 for 38, 248 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Jacobs, 21 carries for 78 yards and a touchdown, as well as six catches for 28 yards. So he had over 100 yards again in this game. Devontae had a big game again. Nine catches, 126 yards, and a touchdown. Foster Moreau had a touchdown grab in this one. Uh, defense didn't play well, of course. Max Crosby did all that he could, just like he does every single game. Uh, Meek Robertson forced a fumble in the early, I think, second quarter it was. But it was just 
it's just a prime 2022 Raiders game where you have things go your way, but you end up just losing. And uh, offense looked good. Defense didn't look terrible. But then again, it's against a Colts team that you probably should look really good against. Uh, when it comes down to it, I was okay with us losing this game because I thought that it meant for sure that Josh McDaniels was going to go ahead and get fired. Uh, that did not end up happening, and it even got worse because Mark Davis said that Josh McDaniels has been doing an excellent job uh, of being the head coach through nine games, which he's won two of, uh, especially with this roster. Uh, season's over at this point. We ruled the Raiders that a few weeks back, but uh, yeah, man, it mm-hmm. it sucks right now. So moving on, Skyler's going to have a mock draft later today. Uh, and the Raiders will be having the second pick in that mock draft. So I'm looking forward to that. Moving on now to where we went right and where we went wrong. Skylar, tell me about the picks that you had this past week. Yeah, one I did get right. Uh, well, compared to you, I guess, not the others. But Tampa Bay winning in Seattle. I thought Tom Brady in the neutral neutral site there in Germany, he would get the job done. And he did. They look really good. Uh, a lot better than they have. Uh, where I went wrong, though, was... Sticking with Buffalo. Well, not sticking with Buffalo over Minnesota. I originally had Minnesota, you know, no matter who was playing quarterback for Buffalo. And then I got the Schefter reports in the morning about how Josh Allen looks so good in pregame. And it, it got me to change my pick. I shouldn't have done it. I should have stuck with my gut. So that was my bad pick. Yeah, the pick that I went right was the one that Skyler got wrong. Sticking with my gut with Minnesota. I picked them. When I put our picks up in our spreadsheet, I usually do them right away and then I'll come back to them later because I know the ones I make early in the week are going to be my gut picks. Uh, And that was the gut pick. I thought Minnesota was going to win that game and they ended up somehow getting it done, even though they probably shouldn't have. And then where I went wrong was picking Dallas over Green Bay. I think we all got that pick wrong except for Alex. He's insane. Uh, No normal person would make that prediction, right? (laughs) Yeah, you're right. But when you look at Aaron Rodgers, how he's played against the Cowboys in his career, something just clicks for him, uh, whether it's with Jordy Nelson, Jared Cook, Devontae Adams, uh, Des Bryant dropping a ball or yeah. catching it, whatever you want to call it, or now Christian Watson making plays for them. Uh, I don't think I'm ever going to pick Dallas to be Aaron Rodgers ever again. Let's move on to our fantasy play now as we're nearing the playoffs. Skyler, what do you got on here? My fantasy play for the week is going to be to trade for a receiver. I have in, in quotations, try to get Amon Ra from Kyle, but I guess he's untouchable this week. So I'm going to have to come up with something else. But um, right now, maybe this is just specifically me. I do have a league where I have Justin Jefferson. But other than that, you know, a guy like Devontae Smith or T. Higgins right now can't be your number one if you want to win at all. So I'm going to try to trade for maybe a Waddle or Mike Evans from Alex, uh, something like that, a, a, a true uh, – PPR guy. Yeah. The guy that I am looking at for my fantasy play is a bit risky, uh, but if you're in a spot where you need an RB2 and you're maybe five and five or six and four, whatever it is, and you're just on that fringe spot of the playoffs, go ahead and trade for Najee Harris. He just had his uh, season high in carries this past week, as well as season high in rushing yards with 20 carries for 99 yards against the Saints. Uh, didn't get a touchdown, so he ended up only having that 9.9 points. However, throughout the rest of the season, he only plays divisional teams or bad teams the rest of the year because they go Cincy, Indianapolis, 
Atlanta, Baltimore, Carolina, Las Vegas, Baltimore, Cleveland. So a lot of divisional games in there. And then the other two, other four or five games, whatever it is, are all against subpar teams. Uh, so Najee is going to have more touchdown value here. He only has three total touchdowns on the year. So I look for that to go up. And it seems like now that he should be getting the ball more uh, as he got 20 carries this past week. So let's go ahead and get into where's your head at now. We're doing the same thing we've done the last three weeks here with our MVP ladder to start it off. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions that you want to name before we get into our top five? Yeah, uh, Geno Smith gets bumped down. Uh, not really his fault, having a great year, but I still want to mention him because he's not on my list. Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I'm going to just put uh, Derrick Henry and Justin Jefferson in this. Derrick Henry had a rough game, 19 carries for 53 yards, and then Jefferson obviously is on the rise with this past game. Uh, let's go ahead and get to number five. Skyler, who do you got here? Number five, I'm going to give the nod to Tom Brady. Okay, the past two weeks he's looked really good, and this Tampa team has been falling apart recently. I think without a guy like Tom Brady in the locker room, they're looking a lot like the Rams, who we could possibly pronounce dead when we do that later, uh, three and six, six, three and seven. So without Tom Brady, this team's falling apart. They're back in first place. The guy that I'm putting at number five is going to be Josh Allen. He currently leads the league in picks, but he's also had all those crazy plays this year to even put the Bills in a good spot. Uh, but he's lost them a couple games in these past few weeks. So quickly moves down from one to five within the past two weeks. What about number four, Skyler? Number four, I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts, Eagles quarterback. Uh, not a great week last week, but yay, they're eight and one. He's probably the most improved player in the NFL other than Geno Smith. And uh, he still deserves to be on the list, even though it was uh, a rough one against the commanders. Number four, I'm keeping Geno Smith on the list. I think he made a lot of throws late in that ball game that really even gave the Seahawks a chance in that game. Uh, the Bucks looked really good in that one, so I'll say that. But Geno Smith kept them in this ball game. He had a touchdown pass to, I believe, Marquise Goodwin in the fourth quarter, where he just made it an impossible throw on fourth down, and Goodwin came open and he put it on him perfectly. Uh, so Geno's sticking at number four for me. On to number three. Uh, number three is going to be Josh Allen. He's still in the loop here. I think this probably the top three I have here are uh, going to be the guys when we get down to it. But the turnovers are are really bad for Josh Allen. Two uh, not good losses in a row. You know, not keeping onto the ball like uh, you were saying, fumbling on the one. You know, it's only happened twice in the past. I think twenty years. It's been Josh Allen both times. Uh, it's not good, but he's still on the list because yeah. he's incredible. Number three for me is going to be a newcomer, and that's going to be where I put Tua. Tua has 18 touchdowns to three picks right now. In the seven games he's played from start to finish, he's won all seven of them. The one that he didn't play start to finish in was the one where he got concussed super badly. Uh, and in the two games that he didn't play, the Dolphins sucked. Uh so people say two as a system quarterback. I might agree with that. I think if Justin Herbert was in that offense, Justin Herbert would probably yes. be a clear number one MVP, but he isn't. Uh, and Tua is doing a great job with it. So I'm saying Tua at number three, especially with the bad weeks uh, of Josh Allen and some other guys. Let's go ahead and get to number two. Number two for me, also a newcomer. I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley. From the Giants, 150 and a touchdown against Houston. This guy was their entire offense, and there's still a shot for them to be the one seed in the NFC, thanks to this guy. Obviously, Danny Dimes has taken 
a step forward, but uh, not as much as this guy, Saquon, coming off of the big injury. Yeah, Saquon's been amazing. He'd definitely be a guy that I'd probably put in the honorable mention or maybe even rival Josh Allen for that fifth spot. Uh, Number two for me is going to be where I put Jalen Hurts. They did lose a game, uh, but nearly everybody on this list lost except for Tua and Mahomes. Mahomes obviously going to be at number one for both me and Skyler right now. But uh, Jalen Hurts is is still been so good, and I don't really think that they lost that game because of him at all. Uh, When you look at the the turnovers late in the ballgame, Quez Watkins caught a pass that was a perfect pass from Jalen Hurts. He gets up after catching it and fumbles it. I mean, that's not that's not Hurts' fault. What is he nope. going to do about that? He put a he put a great pass on the ball. Uh, he's been big uh, running as well. Uh, probably the best QB sneaker in the league right now. Uh, that's kind of something weird to say, but they've been so dominant on third and one, fourth and one this whole year because of his ability to sneak the ball. Uh, and there's a reason why they're eight and one. And I think the primary reason for that is probably is the their defense. defense. But number two <laughs> is Jalen Hurts. Uh, and the number one, let's talk about Mahomes for a little bit right now. Yeah, he completely demolished Jacksonville in a trap game, 330, four touchdowns. And this is pretty much what he's been doing all year long. He's guaranteed to have a monster game. You know, uh, if they go down, it's it's usually not going to be because, be because of him. You know, uh, yeah. let him take his shots. He's the best quarterback in the league. And as of right now, he's by far the favorite to win this award. Yeah. Mahomes, of course, is number one. He's got 25 touchdowns in nine games, and he's averaging 326 yards per game in those nine. I think the jump that we've seen from Mahomes this year, I know he has seven interceptions, but we're just not seeing, at least in these last three or four weeks, those throws that he just makes that are dumb sometimes. Half the time they didn't turn into picks before just because for some reason he's on the ball too hard or the lucky, whatever it may be. But this year, these past few games, he's not throwing those balls. I know he threw a pick to Cisco in that Jags game, but I mean, Mahomes is on another level right now. And we've seen the stats of November, December Mahomes. I don't think he's lost in three years or something like that. And uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he continues that streak going into the next year as well. Yeah. So right now, through 10 weeks, me and Skyler both have Mahomes at number one. Let's go ahead and get to our AFC top five power rankings, or then our NFC top five power rankings after that as well. Uh, do you have any teams that are just out for the AFC, or do you just want to get right into it? I, I guess Tennessee, but uh, I don't think it really matters. For AFC number five, Skyler, who do you got here? Yeah, I'm going to go with Buffalo here. Uh, I actually just seconds ago bumped them down behind Miami uh, because the turnovers are are not going to do it. You know, if Buffalo keeps turning the ball over like that, they're they're worse than the Jets, you know, and we saw that. And that's why the Jets are ahead, spoiler, and that's why the Jets beat them because you can't just win on that defense. It's a great defense, but that's not it. You got to have something else going. So they're five. Yeah, I mean, their offense is good. Their offense is good. It's explosive. It just has been running into turnovers the last few games. Uh, But the Bills are number five for me as well. Uh, Great defense. Can be a great offense. Just isn't right now. Some things are a little off with Josh Allen. uh, But still at number five. On to number four. Number four is going to be the Dolphins for me. Um, They're pretty on fire right now, and that kind of scares me, but... 
I can't put them ahead of uh, the other teams who they've lost to. You know. Yeah. Number four for me is going to be where I put the Ravens. Uh, might be a little interesting because I have the Jets above them in this list, but the Ravens did beat the Jets. However, that was all the way back yeah. in week one. So I'm not counting that too much, although it still has some it effect into this stuff. Yeah. Uh, the Ravens are a really good football team and they're starting to hit their stride. They had their bye week last week and I'm not sure who they play this week, but uh, actually let me check. I think they play the Panthers actually. So they should be fine there. And then they play the Jags then the Broncos and then the Steelers and then the yeah. Browns and then the Falcons. So they have a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way through. Uh, and with their division, they probably should win that division and uh, end up being a top two or three seed in the AFC come playoff time. On to number three. Number three, I have the Jets here because they throttled Miami, even though it was Skylar Thompson. Skylar Thompson didn't give up 40 points. You know, uh, when these teams play again, week 18, it's going to be an absolute shootout. Uh, not that I'm hoping for that because I want a defensive game, but but yeah, the Jets are, are completely locked in right now. The bye week's going to help so much. They need to beat New England for sure, but uh, the defense is probably the best in the AFC right now, and uh, that goes a long way for me. And I'm a Jets fan. Yeah. <laughs> Number three for me is going to be where I slot the Dolphins. Uh, probably one of the most fun teams to watch in all of football right now with how explosive their offense is. Uh, and, I mean, giving up a lot of points, too, kind of helps for entertainment value. Yeah. Uh, of course, that's not really what I'm talking about here, but the Dolphins are a really good football team. Uh, Tua has been super good. Like I was mentioning, there's a reason why he's at number three on my MVP ladder. Uh and they're starting to get plays from other guys as well in the run game. Jeff Wilson Jr., Raheem Mostert, whoever it is. And the defense coming up big uh, as well. And special teams, too. They make a lot of plays on special teams. Number two. I got the Ravens here at number two. Uh, I don't know how much I trust the secondary, but Kyle said something very important earlier about the schedule. Not very tough, which means they're likely going to be really well-rested for the playoffs. Their biggest thing this year has been the injuries, so... They can get past that. They're going to be just fine. Number two is the Jets. I had them at number two last week. I think uh, this is a huge week for them, of course. Like Skyler said, going against the Patriots. And I think if you lose this game, you kind of fall back into that category of the same mm-hmm. old Jets. And that's just something that you can't do. So you got to win this week and uh, prove to yourself, prove to everybody else as well that this isn't the same old Jets. Number one, it's the Chiefs, of course, but yes. uh, I mean, I guess, tell me why it's the Chiefs. Something, I don't know. We kind of know why. But. They have the best player in the NFL. Yeah. Mahomes is... They're making Kadarius Tony look like a good player. I mean, no one Kadarius Tony is a good player. He is a good player. I think he, his ability with the ball in his hands is pretty crazy. Uh, and I think their offense is just, it's honestly better without Tyreek because of the guy as if they brought in, uh, I mean, of course, just taking out Tyreek in general and just having that receiving core from the, from last year, they're going to have a worse offense, but they brought in Juju. They brought in MVS. They still have McCall Hardman. They brought in Kadarius Tony, not to mention they still have Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. and Watson and Noah Gray and all these guys that make plays for them. Like they're the only team that you see like the third tight end, like be a consistent playmaker for, and it's so crazy. And it has to all, it all starts from Mahomes. Mahomes is, it's crazy to think that we're, he's starting to get into his prime now. 
And these next four or five years are going to be terrible for me because I'm going to have to go against this guy twice a year as a fan, at least. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be fun to watch as a fan just in general, because the stuff that this guy does on a week to week basis is unheard of. And he, he, there's a reason why people want him to be the goat. Uh, Cause he's got that, that young makeup of it. Let's go ahead and get to the NFC. Now, do you have any, just out teams here that you want to talk about San Francisco you know they uh they got the job done at home when they easily could have blown that one to to the Chargers who are a worse team I have the Cowboys and I also have the Seahawks on my just out okay uh what about number five number five going with Tampa Bay uh like I was saying with Tom Brady uh they look back they played two really great football games in a row and uh stay healthy They'll be there. Yeah. Number five for me, it's going to be a bit of a shocker, but I'm going to put Heineke's commanders at number five. Something about him and that team, they just find a way to win games. And they got I know an they easy lost schedule too. Minnesota, but they have a somewhat easy schedule. Uh, they still have to play the Giants twice, the Niners and the Browns, but they still have Falcons, Texans, and a couple other teams in there. But I mean, something about the Commanders, man. They're going to find their way in the playoffs. You watch. It's just going to happen. Number I took them to win uh, win nine games. I did not. I think I had like seven. So we're getting there. Yeah. Number four. I'm going to go with the New York football giants. All right. I got Saquon at number two for a reason. He's been so unstoppable this year. And I don't know how they keep doing it. Maybe because they haven't played anyone good. But they're still getting the job done. So they're they're in the top four here. I'm also putting the Giants at number four. I think just like the Commanders, they find a way to win games. Saquon's a great closer to have. Danny Dimes looks a lot more composed this year than he has in years past. He's not turning the ball over as much. Uh, And the defense is good. It it doesn't have to be necessarily great. But since it's good enough and their offense isn't turning over the ball, they're winning games. And uh, I think this team's legitimate. One or two legitimate playmakers away from being... A really damn good team yeah. on a number three. I'm going to give the Cowboys a nod here too. Uh, I keep mentioning it every week. Uh, I know the green Bay loss doesn't look very good, but that defense on a, a regular day, not in Lambeau can win a super bowl for this team. We saw it with the Rams last year, obviously cup and Stafford were great, but it was all about that defense. And I think they could do a similar thing this year. Yeah, number three for me is going to be where I'm going to put the Niners. The Niners have all the playmakers in the world. They have one of the best defenses in the league. And Garoppolo has been pretty solid this year. So if you put all those things together, considering where they've been in the past and where Garoppolo has taken them, I think they have a legitimate chance to be the best team in the NFC when it's all said and done. Not record-wise, but like getting to the Super Bowl-wise. Okay, this is where it gets a little interesting. The one and two slots in the NFC. We know it's going to be the Vikings and the Eagles. It's just how you want to slot them. So, Skyler, who do you have at number two? I'm going to put the Eagles at number two. And this isn't the entire debate, but I just want to shout out in a kind of a must-win situation this past week. Philly targets A.J. Brown like four times. He has one catch for seven yards. And you see what Justin Jefferson did for Minnesota. You know, uh, I don't think Philly has a guy that can take over a game like that. And that's the difference for me. 
I'm also putting Philly at number two. And I know that the Eagles blew out Philly yeah. in week two. Exactly. But at this point, like, just because you did something eight weeks ago doesn't mean much for me. There's a reason why I had the Jets above the Ravens. There's reasons why I had other teams that beat each other above another team. So I'm putting the Eagles at two. Defense is insane. The offense is still solid. The turnover ratio is what got them to be at that eight and one mark. Uh, just, I think the Vikings are a little bit better right now. I'll just say that number one together. Yeah. It's Minnesota. Um, the offense is amazing. I know uh, you predicted them to win the division and go nuts. I didn't have them win in a division, but I still had them as the most improved team. And uh, I think we're, we're pretty spot on with that. Kevin O'Connell is, is doing an awesome job, you know, compared to some of these other coaches like uh, Nathaniel Hackett, we've seen the complete opposite and uh, it's huge for Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota's number one for me as well. The the Vi- Vikings and Eagles predictions for me were some of the best predictions I've ever had. I think I had them both yeah. going 12 and five and being the top two seeds in the NFC. Uh, and that just seems crazy to me at this point, but Vikings are the epitome of the, the commanders like will to win the mm-hmm. Vikings do anything that they can to win. Regardless, it doesn't have to be pretty. Kirk Cousins doesn't have to have a good game, but somebody every single week has stepped up for them the last seven weeks to get them a win. Cause they're not blowing teams out. They only have a plus 35 point differential in their first nine games, but they, they just find a way to get it done. And I think that's what matters most right now is it's not blowing out, blowing out teams like the bills do every couple weeks. It's getting the wins when you need them the most. And that's what the Vikings have done this year. Let's go ahead and get to are they dead? Something that we haven't done in the past few weeks. As of right now, the teams that are ruled dead are the Texans, the Raiders, the Bears, the Jaguars, the Panthers, the Steelers, the Lions. And I think the Colts we also ruled dead. Yeah, I'm good with that. I believe that's all we have dead right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have five more teams this week. Uh, starting off with the three and seven New Orleans Saints. Yeah, uh, the Saints are dead. I wanted to keep them alive for a little bit longer just to see what would happen. But the offense is so much worse now. It looks like they're trying to tank, but they don't even have their draft pick. I don't understand the strategy. Maybe they need to clean house again or something because this is bad. Yeah, we thought the the division was going to be somewhat open for them. That's why we didn't rule them dead the first time that they were on here. Uh, but now the Bucks kind of look like they're getting back into form. Their offense looks to be a bit better. The defense is starting to make some plays. Uh, and that was really the only thing that's holding the Saints in, was another team being bad. And I think the Saints being bad consistently is going to rule them dead. What about the Browns, who are currently sitting at three and six? They get the Sean Watson back. Not this game, not next game, but the game after that. Uh, are the Browns dead? I'm not going to rule them dead yet. The schedule is going to be tough coming up, but that win against Cincinnati is going to keep them alive for a little bit longer. You you just have to have a couple of upsets before Watson comes back because you can't be uh, whatever four and eight, uh, four and nine, whatever. However, it aligns. Uh, with Watson when he comes back because it's, it's too yeah. late. I I do think they are going to be dead 
or they are dead right now. Uh, they have a couple tough games the next two weeks. And I think once Watson comes back, they're at best going to be four and seven. And I think even if Watson wins out from there, it's going to be really tough to get in considering some of the other teams are in the AFC. Uh, and right now I don't even see him as a top eight or nine team. So yeah, I'm going to say the Browns are dead. The next team that we got is the reigning champs who are sitting at three and six. John Wolford just started the last game for the Rams. Cooper cup now out at least four weeks with a high ankle sprain. Are the reigning champs dead Skiller? Yeah, the Rams are dead. Uh, no cup, a lot of injuries. The defense is worse this year. The schedule is really hard. The division is good, of course. So then you got Kansas City and Green Bay coming up too. It's it's over. It's sad to uh, pronounce such a talented team dead this early in the year, but there's there's no shot. Yeah, I think the the Rams, when you look at disappointment factor, are are up there with the Broncos and the Raiders, and the fact that they have these such good rosters, but it just hasn't worked out well for, for whatever reason it may be. And uh, I do think it's time that we can pronounce the Rams dead. Next up are the Falcons who are currently sitting at a 10 seed in the NFC with a four and six record, just coming off of their Thursday night football loss against the Carolina Panthers in Carolina in week 10. Skyler, are they dead? The Falcons are not dead yet. Don't get me wrong. They suck. I know this, but they're only one game back from Tampa Bay. Uh, the offensive play calling has been so bad, but, uh, you know, guys can always turn things around just like uh, uh, the players can, the coaches can too. So uh, I'm not going to count them out. I, there's a lot of time left. You never know what could happen with Tampa Bay, even though I, I really like what they're doing. I'm still going to keep Atlanta alive. I'm going to say that the Falcons are dead, but that's more because of other teams. I think yeah. the Cardinals are finally starting to hit their stride. The Packers obviously just won a big game. The Commanders have got going. Uh, the Niners, Cowboys, Bucks, uh, Giants, Seahawks, Vikings, Eagles, of course, are all a lot better teams than the Falcons. And I know the Falcons beat the Niners and they beat a couple other teams as well, but I mean, these other teams are just better than them right now. And I think the the Buccaneers are going to run away with this division now at this point, probably end up winning 10 or 11 games. And the Falcons just aren't going to have that in them, especially if you're starting Marcus Mariota, who's not going to go and win you a ball game late uh, when in like a two minute drive or anything like that. Yeah. Last team that we got to talk about are the Broncos currently sitting at three and six with the 12 seed in the AFC uh, just lost to the Titans on Sunday. Have the Raiders on this next Sunday. Uh, are the Broncos dead, Skyler? I'm going to say they're not dead either. I still think they can turn it around. Not for a Super Bowl run or anything like that, but uh, another roster that is just too talented to to call them dead yet. You know, it wouldn't be fair to uh, to kill them yet. Similar with Cleveland, in my opinion. You know, uh division win here or there could could get you right back there but i i don't like what they're doing either i mean you got eric tomlinson running routes on the outside for you on third down what the fuck is that nathaniel hackett that is unacceptable that's adam gase stuff right there i'm gonna pronounce this team dead uh they still have to play the chiefs twice and i think for the bronco oh, i know for the broncos they haven't beat them in the Mahomes era so that's going to be tough to win. They play in Baltimore. 
They've historically sucked against the Raiders the last five or six years. And the Chargers as well, they got another game to play against them. And I think if I'm counting those two Chiefs games as losses, you have eight losses right there. If you lose another game, you're done. And I think they will out of the other five games in the season. So I'm calling the Broncos dead. It's too little, too late. That's all I got to say. Let's go ahead and move on from are they dead uh, and talk about my team a little bit because we suck and there is a lot of confusion on what is the next chapter for this Las Vegas team. Is it rebuilding? Is it another retool? Do you keep car? Do you get rid of car? Do you dump off the veterans? Do you trade for guys? What do you do with your picks? What's going on? What do you do in the offseason if you are the Raiders together? Okay. First thing you got to do is fire Josh McDaniels. It's obviously not going to work. Uh, I've seen this story before. Uh, shitty coach has uh, you know, a hot streak at the end of the year, and they extend him, and it's just a waste of a year. And you can't have that if you're the Raiders. So you got to fire him first. The next thing you do is you got to give the young guys a shot. Not necessarily tanking, but if there's a day three or an undrafted gem hiding there that you'll never know about, that's, again, it's just a waste. And, uh, you know, there's nothing to lose for the Raiders right now. So move the personnel around. I think where you end up in the draft determines what happens next. Because if you have a top two pick, you've got to start the quarter or take the quarterback and, and start them and retool after you trade or cut car, whichever is financially works for you best. But if you end up in the round pick three through 10, I say you just got to take best player available and start the rebuild. And, uh, you know, obviously it sucks if you're a Raider fan and you have to see all the guys you just, a guy like Max Crosby, you know, uh, we saw it with Khalil Mack, even though he was so good voting for awards, you know, about to get extended or already extended in Crosby's case. um, If you can't get the quarterback this year, you're going to have to start over. But uh, in my opinion, you, you go for the tank, you get the quarterback. Uh, because you don't have to rebuild the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I think there's two different scenarios. The scenarios yeah. are if you get it. Actually, I guess there's three. Uh, so first off, you get one or two pick. You get the first or second pick. You take the quarterback. You do something with Carr. Uh, and that's one of the few changes that you make. You add a receiver, of course. I, first off. Yeah. Get rid of McDaniels for all this stuff. The McDaniels is gone in all these scenarios. But you add a couple pieces on the offense. You fix up the offensive line. And if you have a quarterback on a rookie contract, you still exactly. have the extra exactly. like $25 million to spend. Yeah. And you're going to have to go and try and win within those five years that you have that rookie quarterback on that rookie QB deal. Uh, obviously, it's going to be tough to win in the rookie year of a quarterback. But things happen. Next up is... It. Yeah. Next up is if you get the third pick and you take Will Anderson, I think you keep Carr here and you go all in right then and there because you get probably a Pro Bowl level edge rusher in year one. Uh, Will Anderson, we know how he's probably going to be the top uh, big board guy, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, Best overall player in the Mm -hmm. draft. And uh, if you get him, then go for it, man. Uh, four through 10, whatever it may be from there on. I think you got to keep car. Uh, I think you have to just repair as much as you can 
and, and go from there. As much as a full rebuild kind of sounds appealing because things just haven't mm-hmm. worked out well with Carr, he's too good to just get rid of, I'd say. And there's obviously pieces on this team that are really, really good. You have one of the best receivers in the league. You have one of the best edge rushers in the league. You have a couple young defensive pieces that could be solid. Uh, but at the end of the day, the depth is the biggest thing uh, with this. And so I think if you're in that four to 10 spot, you're really in a bad spot. I'll, I'll say that. But if you get the third pick and you can take one, understand you're good. And if you get one or two, just switch a quarterback. You get that extra money. And you yeah. make your moves and you go from there. All right. Let's talk about a quarterback before we go ahead and get to halftime. Uh, Justin Fields. He's been going crazy these last few weeks. He has at least four touchdowns in these past two weeks. And I don't think he's through for 200 yards in either of the games. But how high can Justin Fields ceiling be? He can be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I really liked him in the pre-draft process. Uh, I just figured we would go with Zach Wilson because it was kind of what we were looking for. Uh, less of a project, even though, you know, look at them now. It's kind of the opposite. But uh, my ceiling for him in that pre-draft process was a pre-injury Cam Newton because the way he could possibly run. And we've already seen that. And it's it's so great showing off the running ability. Just keep improving the arm because I think he has the highest ceiling in that quarterback class. Yeah. Uh, even in the past few weeks when we ranked our the 2021 QBs, the whole list has changed. Justin Fields is a clear number one right now. Uh, and his ceiling is league MVP. I think he has an ability to be that good of a player. I don't think he'll be as good as a quarterback as Mahomes, but in the ability to make plays and do stuff on his feet as well, there's very few guys that are like that. And uh, if he figures out how to throw the ball well, it's going to be a lot of trouble for the league because he has that Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson ability to run the ball. All right, uh, let's take this one to halftime. And we'll start it off, as always, with the NFL injuries. Um, One of the first moves I see here, not as big, but Khalil Herbert, the backup running back for the Bears, going to the IR with a hip injury. You know, the Bears' uh, offense has been on fire, really, the past couple weeks. But uh, losing a guy like that can't be good for you. Um, A big one here, Shaq Leonard, Colts linebacker, out for the season, but underwent successful back surgery this morning. Hopefully we see him back next week. Uh, a bunch of guys on here complaining about turf across the league the past couple of weeks. Um, I guess in Germany, it was really bad. And um, I agree. I agree with that. Uh, if you saw it was, I think it was Chargers Broncos on Monday night a couple of weeks ago. It was Aaron Patrick. Um, all he did was uh, jog off the field after a kick return and tore his ACL. Jeez. And uh, he's tough. he's suing the NFL and the Chargers. And I, I don't blame him, man. That is that's not right. Uh, we, we've seen it all across the league uh, over the past couple of years. The non-contact injuries are not good. Um, here is a contact injury, though. Probably the biggest one of the week. It's Cooper Cup going on IR, ankle surgery. Uh, he's going to miss at least four weeks, like Kyle said earlier. And that's massive. That's why we pronounced L.A. dead. That's tough. Even bigger for fantasy. Sorry, everybody. I guess Alex got that one right, too. Is he a secret genius or something? What the hell, man? Three and six or something. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Uh, Big one for me, though, because I have him in fantasy. Dallas Goddard, after getting slammed and uh, yanked on his face mask last night, wrecked his shoulder. It's not going to be season-ending, but he's going to miss extended time. And uh, that was honestly, like, I was happy for Washington, their win, but that play was fucked. 
they should have mm-hmm. called something on that. You know, even if they missed a face mask, the dude got slammed to the ground. Um, it sucks. And one more big one, Zach Ertz is up for the year. Uh, it was a knee injury. They haven't confirmed if it was ACL or not, but um, he's out for the year. And uh, it's Trey McBride time, baby, in Arizona. All right, that's the end of the NFL injuries. Uh, so we'll go into college football. Week 11 was uh, absolutely nuts. So let's get into it. Uh, Alabama does hold on against Ole Miss, 30 to 24. That was a big one. Um, but really, it was the Pac 12. You know, UCLA was ranked number 12 going into this game at home against Arizona. They blow it. Uh, Delora, the Arizona quarterback, looks really good right now. He's been on fire, possibly an NFL guy. I believe he's a freshman or sophomore. So we'll keep an eye out for him. Uh, Ohio State does their thing. CJ Stroud. I actually want to see, was it four or five touchdowns? It was five. So he's the clear leader for the Heisman. If he doesn't, uh, you know, completely fuck it up against Michigan, he's going to win it. So I don't even have a Heisman uh, watch this week. Really good. Uh, LSU, number seven, they escaped the upset on the road, 13 to 10 against Arkansas. And the big one here was LSU edge rusher, Harold Perkins Jr. He's a freshman. He had four sacks, two two forced fumbles. Uh, That's the next Will Anderson for you. You know, the extremely fast, really skinny guy who's somehow the strongest guy on the field. Uh, you can't really describe it, but he's just got that that twitch. And uh, that's going to be a, a really high draft pick in a couple of years. So I'm excited to keep watching him. Um, Will Levis in Kentucky lost to Vanderbilt. Um, Will Levis had 109 passing yards in a pick. And this cannot be helping his draft stock at all. But uh, he's, he's still going out there with a shit team. You know, getting yeah. hit every play. So you got to respect that. He hasn't quit on him. And I guess we'll uh, we'll talk about him, spoiler, in a little bit for the mock draft. Because he's still in it. Someone's going to take a shot. NC State loses to Boston College. Zay Flowers goes off. Boston College receiver. NFL guy. I mentioned Oregon and Washington. I won't go too into that. But possibly uh, the second biggest game of the week. TCU escapes the Texas game. I won't say upset because Texas was actually favored by a touchdown, but TCU won it 17 to 10. Um, and I don't know what to say. They got the job done. They're going to stay in the playoff. Yeah. Uh, North Carolina against Wake Forest, two of the best quarterbacks in division one football, Drake may versus Sam Hartman. Drake may comes away with the win because Sam Hartman threw a pick at the end and uh, it's tough, but these are two guys who, have been so good in the ACC, man. They're really fun to watch. And one more to throw in there. Stanford and Utah, pretty close at half, but uh, Utah ended up being 42-7. to seven. Sorry, Kyle. You have to do that. You I did. not have to do that. <laughs> okay, so I originally had the college football playoff top 25, but they moved it back an hour. So that's not going to start until 6. Probably not get the results till 6.30. But the good thing for us is not much has changed. In the past week, we know Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU are going to be the four. The order uh, depends on what they're feeling. And we know Tennessee, LSU, and USC are waiting for someone to slip up. And those are pretty much the only only seven teams I would consider right now. All right, let's get into the fun stuff now. Mock Draft 3.0. Kyle has not heard about this yet, but I did it last night on Mock Draft Monday. Here we go. Start off with the number one pick. I know you don't want to hear it, but the Texans are going to take C.J. Stroud. I think Bryce Young could be 
quarterback one, but right now CJ Stroud is uh, is that prototypical dude, and he's getting the job done against Big Ten defenses. So he's going number one. Luckily for Kyle, right now they don't have to blow it up because they have the number two pick right now. So they're going to get Bryce Young. Uh, I said this about Justin Fields last year, early on in the mock drafts, consolation prize, but not really. You know, if you need a good quarterback, because uh, Bryce Young's pretty damn good. Number three, Carolina Panthers are going to do option B about what Kyle and I just talked about and take Will Anderson here, best player available, and uh, not blow it up, I guess. Number four, the Eagles, Jalen Carter, defensive lineman from Georgia. Team him up with the other Georgia boy on there, the big guy at D-tackle. So uh, that would be interesting, right? That's so crazy. That By the way, this the is New Orleans pick. Yeah. yeah. Um, my friend uh, Wormy, who's uh, – <laughs> Yeah, his name is Wormy. Uh, he was a Saints fan. I was like, bro, I can't wait to get uh, Bryce Young after we tank. Like, dude, you don't even have your pick. Trade it for Chris Olave. So he's sad. <laughs> Number five, Jacksonville is going to take Peter Skaronsky. Tackle from Northwestern. It's my top dude on there for tackle. And uh, why not protect your franchise quarterback? Number six, the Bears. I usually have him taking receiver here, but I'm going with Miles Murphy best player available type of thing. And this guy could be the second best player in the class behind Will Anderson. So uh, they wouldn't be too upset with that. Number seven, Seattle kind of gets screwed here with uh, certain guys they want gone. So they're going to settle, I guess, with Brian Breezy, D-tackle from Clemson. Uh, Great player, just some some issues going on. Injuries and personal. So uh, I wonder how far I'll fall. But in this situation, I have them sticking at seven. Number eight, I have the Lions... This is the Rams pick, by the way. The Rams have a worse record than the Lions. They're going to take Will Levis here, quarterback from Kentucky. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with this, but I think he's that next guy up in quarterback. We saw Kenny Pickett go number 20 last year, even though he wasn't great in college other than that uh, those last couple games. But I feel like Detroit is willing to take a risk here. Uh, number nine, Quinton Johnson. Receiver from TCU. He's my wide receiver one right now over Jackson Smith Ajiba because uh, he's massive and he's been winning games for TCU. They're undefeated. He stays home, goes to the Texans. And number 10, Steelers get their left tackle, Paris Johnson Jr., Ohio State. Uh, We'll go to some notables here. Uh, Let me know if there's anyone in particular you want to hear, too. I have Joey Porter going to the Lions at 11. Jackson Smith Ajiba to the Falcons. They take back-to-back receivers. I think Arthur Smith's going to try to save his job. Uh, with an offensive playmaker like this. Uh, we got Jordan Addison to the Packers. Once again, I kind of like that. Pick. They don't, they're not taking you know, a wide receiver, unfortunately. They don't, they don't because they're going to win and get out of, out of the spot 14 that they're in right now and not be able to. Uh, I have the Chargers taking Michael Mayer, tight end from Notre Dame. I, another one repeat from last week. I think this is a perfect fit. Uh, big guy for Justin Herbert to throw to. And when Eckler is getting locked up in the check down, you got a seam guy you can go to. Trust. Um, we got Nolan Smith, edge rusher from Georgia, going to the Broncos to replace Bradley Chubb. My Jets are taking Antonio Johnson, safety from Texas A&M. I've talked about him a little bit. Uh, he's kind of a, a freak athlete, like Sauce, really just long, but he plays his own coverage, so he's a safety. Uh, Bijan Robinson to the Bills. I hate it, but it's a perfect fit, man. Uh, I'd be so upset. Uh, one reach that I'm predicting is Tennessee taking Jalen Hyatt, the Tennessee receiver who had four touchdowns against Bama, that massive game. I feel like they're going to watch that film and go, that's our wide receiver one, boys. 
So uh, even though he's, he's projected as a third rounder, uh, similar here with Drew Sanders, Arkansas linebacker, white guy, by the way, to the Cowboys. Uh, he's an Alabama transfer and Jerry Jones, Alabama transfer, Arkansas, you know, so. Of course. Yeah, that's how it goes. And those are my notables. Uh, kind of had, had fun. We're, we're starting to uh, understand a little more about the prospects, so that's cool. But we, we really won't know anything at all until, uh, you know, senior bowl time. So it's yeah. just a fun exercise. Let's go ahead and get to MLB news. Uh, of course, we had a start of free agency last week. Uh, not a lot going on there. Yeah. Uh, so first off, we'll start with the two deals that did happen. First one was Robert Suarez relieving pitcher for the Padres returning back to the Padres on a six-year, $54 million deal there. A uh, young reliever who was a little weird with service time because he played in Korea, I think. And so he gets to mm-hmm. kind of skip arbitration and gets his money quickly. Lucky Other guy. guy, Rafael Montero, goes back to the Houston Astros on a three-year deal. Uh, I believe is 34 or $36 million. So good payday for the reliever there. Next up, going on to qualifying offers. Only two qualifying offers were accepted. One was Jock Peterson back with the Giants and then Martin Perez back with the Rangers. Uh, two players that were extending those qualifying offers have made deals. Uh, first one was Anthony Rizzo returning back to the Yankees on a multi-year deal. Right. Uh, so I believe that's a two-year, $34 million deal with a club option in 2025. What are and the Astros going to do, Gal? That's a great question. <laughs> great question. And then the other one, the uh, first big guy that went to somebody else besides the team that he was on the year before uh, was Tyler Anderson, who's stuck in L.A., but with the Angels uh, on a three-year, around $40 million deal. Uh, and then we also had a trade. It wasn't really anything too crazy, but one of the top prospects for the Rays, Xavier Edwards, and uh, relieving pitcher JT Chargua, went to the Marlins for Santiago Suarez and Marcus Johnson. I believe Xavier Edwards was one of those guys where they had to protect uh, in order for him to not be on the Rule 5 draft here mm-hmm. in the coming weeks. And he didn't make the 40-man roster, so... Give him to the Marlins as well as a reliever. And uh seems to be a pretty good deal for both teams because that's how the Rays yeah. end up making trades. Uh, but as far as MLB news goes, that's really all we have right now. There's rumors, of course, about everything, uh, but nothing official yet. So we'll just keep it at that. It's all about Let's the winter meetings. Of course, that yeah. will be within a couple weeks. Uh, pick standings for our NFL picks through week 10. Uh, we'll start off with week 10. <sighs> Rough week for Skyler, six out of 14. I believe that's our lowest percentage out of any of us in any week so far. Uh, after that, me and Brett both went nine of 14, and then Alex went 10 of 14, winning again this week. So that sets up our full year picks, which out of 139 games is how many we each have right. Skyler has 84 in last place. Brett has 93 in third place. I have 95, and then Alex has 96, one more than me as we go into week 11. You know, this year has been like one of my best ever for college, but for some reason, I just have a, a string of weird losses where I go for the upset and the team that's the underdog loses by a field goal because I can't control the clock. It's just killing me. I can't get these. It's been but, a weird year. 
Yeah. It's been a weird year. The reigning champs are ruled dead after 10 weeks. So yeah. that's just where we're at right now. All right. Moving to the second half, we have something really fun that we're going to do here called Were They Teammates? A little something uh, that we're doing this week because uh, there's just not too much to talk about. So I have nine different uh, okay. questions here, I guess you could call them. I have one uh, for you, too, at the end. Awesome. Three football, three basketball, and three baseball or whatever sport i didn't say there yeah uh we'll go uh i don't know any specific order but starting off were these people teammates uh we'll give you a point for each one you get right and i'll give you another point if you can tell me if they were teammates what team they played on together okay all right first one is josh mccown and warren sapp It's funny because I have a Josh McCown one for you too. Really? But yeah, they played together on Tampa. Do I have to give you the year? No. Okay. They did play together, but it was not with Tampa. Was it Dallas? It was with the Raiders in 2007. Yeah. <laughs> so one point for Skyler. I'll give that to you. Okay. Next up is going to be... Patrick Beverly and Jamal Crawford, two guards in the NBA. Uh, also, with all these two, uh, note to the viewers, I think I scored. I, I didn't tell Skyler this, but yeah. these all are somewhat recent people. We're not going back yeah. to the 80s or anything like that. So Patrick mm-hmm. Beverly and Jamal Crawford. I'm going to say no. Correct. They were not teammates. Uh, Patrick Beverly came to the Clippers a year after Jamal Crawford was gone. Right. Next up, we will do Joyke Bell and Reggie Bush. <laughs> yeah, they played together on the Lions. That's true. Do you know what years? Yeah. Um, 13 or 14 or 15? 2013 and okay. 2014. Okay. Next up is Chris Paul and Montrez Harrell. Was he there? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say Chris Paul was on. No, because Montrezl Harrell was on Houston with him, right? You tell me. I'm going to say yes on Houston. They were not teammates. They went back and forth. One was on Houston, one was on the Clippers, and they ended up switching teams, I believe, the year that they also switched uh, so they were never teammates. That's so crazy. three points through four questions so far. Pretty good start for Skyler. Actually, four points because he got the Joyke Bell and Reggie Bush in Detroit. Uh, next up, Milton Bradley and Brandon Phillips. Yeah, Seattle. They were teammates, but it was not in Seattle. Was it Cleveland? It was Cleveland in 2003 okay, and 2004. <laughs> so you get get it right that they played together, okay. but not that they were on the Damn, same year. That's a good one, man. Next up is two wide receivers, Marquez Colston and Roddy White. No. It's true. They were not teammates. They both spent uh, their full careers in the same division as, as yeah. each other, uh, one with the Falcons and one with the Saints, of course, uh, but they never switched teams, any of those guys. Next up, Dwayne Wade and Dean Wade. 
Oh, uh, yes. I'll they were eat. not teammates. Dwayne Wade was gone two years before Dean Wade came into the league for the Cavs. I was hoping he uh, was like, a, you know, like a practice squad type of guy at the time who got some uh, minutes. They did not, fortunately. Damn. Next up is Troy Tulowitzki and Jose Reyes. Yeah, Toronto. They were not teammates, but they were traded for each other. <laughs> in the Rockies Blue Jays trade, they I knew they were they were both other. in Toronto the same year though. <laughs> so unfortunately, they were Damn. never teammates. Uh, as of right now, you have five points going into our last question. I'm disappointed in myself, man. Austin Nola, the catcher. Yeah. And DJ LeMayhew. No. They were teammates. At LSU in 2009. They were teammates, Skyler. It was a long, long time ago. Freshman Austin Nola and sophomore DJ LeMayhew played together on that 2009 LSU team. Wow. Bregman? So five points for Skyler. Bregman was not there. No, yeah. Bregman got drafted in 2015, I want to say. 2014. Okay. Well, I got uh, one for so you, Cal. Awesome. Josh Alrighty. McCown and Emmett Smith. Yes, they were with the Cardinals. Very good. What year? You know what's crazy? <laughs> I was actually going to do that one, uh, but it was 2002 and 2003. It was. Three and four. Dang it. <laughs> no, I, no, you know what's crazy? Yeah. That was That was the first one I was going to do. That was the first one I thought of, and I was like, let me make sure just in case it's not for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that fun. was fun. Those are yeah. fun, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe something more like that in the future because there's like pretty much an endless pool of players that you can choose from for those, of course. Yeah. Uh, but five points for Skyler in my nine questions. You got me for sure. Was the Joyke Bell and Reggie Bush. Uh, and I knew I was going to get you on the Austin Nola, DJ LeMayhew. Uh, I can't wait. Yeah. Actually, I got another one eventually that we could do, uh, but I'm not going to give it to you today because I think it'd be fun. Okay. All right. That's going to do it for were they teammates? Let's go ahead and get to our layups and bold predictions before we get on out of here and end episode 114. Last week uh, was an interesting week. I had Chiefs minus 10 versus the Jags. They ended up winning by 10. Uh, so it pushes there. Eventually the line ended up going to nine and a half right before game time. Uh, so if you took it later, it ended up working out well for you. Uh, and then for Skyler, he had TCU plus seven versus Texas. Obviously TCU won that game out, right? So yeah. got that one, right? Uh, this week I have the Cincinnati Bengals minus four and a half versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cincinnati's coming off of a bye, but before that they got blown out. Actually, no, they didn't. They blew out the uh, Panthers, but the Steelers are riding high. They just won by 10 points against the Saints, and I'm picking the Bengals minus four and a half. I think Joe Burrow is going to have one of those 
big divisional games that he has. All right. Well, I'm going to take the USC Trojans minus two and a half at UCLA because UCLA just lost to Arizona at home and uh, Arizona doesn't have Caleb Williams. So I think USC is going to put a lot of points on the board against them. Yeah. Should be a fun game to watch, though. Going to be a good Pac-12 game. Moving on to our bold predictions. It was a rough one for me and Skyler. I I had Seattle over Tampa in Germany. That did not happen. Slow start for the Seahawks. Like I said earlier in the show, Geno Smith ended up pulling them back into that game, but it wasn't enough. A little too little too late. And then the other one for Skyler was Denver over Tennessee. Rough game for Denver. Fuck Nathaniel Uh, Hackett, man. And Russell Wilson. Yeah. But uh, Nicole or Nick Westbrook Ikeny had two touchdowns that came. Or a kind. I always mess up his last name. Uh, one was on a flea flicker, 76 yarder or something like that. Uh, moving to this week, though, I have the Houston Texans plus 145 versus the Commanders. I thought it would be a little bit more of a wider spread. I thought I'd maybe see like plus 180 or something like that. However, it's not. This is kind of also a bit of a mind pick, a wishful thinking too, yeah. because if they do win and the Raiders lose, we have the number one pick. That'd be cool. Well, I'm going to go with the Jets to beat the Patriots for the first time in forever, because if it's not now, it's going to be never. I uh, I really believe in this Jets team, and they can stop Mac Jones. They did it once before, but they called uh, repping the passer, so... Hopefully they don't uh, throw the flag this week and we'll beat them. Yeah. That's going to do it for episode 114, though. A lot of fun uh, in this show. Obviously talking football where the teammates was fun. MLB free agent stuff. I assume we'll get more and more as the weeks go on. Picks as usual. MVP ladder, all that stuff. Uh, So look forward to more of the same in episode 115 and maybe something else as well as we start to get closer and closer to the NFL playoffs. Uh, NBA season's really starting to get in full swing. Yeah. Teams are all about 10 to 15 games in. A lot of weird stuff going on with that, too. Yeah. World Cup will be going on next yeah. week. Uh, USA plays on Monday. It's really all I care about. We play Wales. Uh, so I'll be tuning into that. Yeah. Uh, but says that I cannot guarantee any World Cup stuff on our Twitter. Uh, maybe something with the U.S. But besides that, I doubt you'll see anything. Mm. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Go USA. Yeah. You and Jets. USA. 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 USA.